The Prophet ﷺ has said, إِذَا كَفَّرَ الرَّجُلُ أَخَاهُ فَقَدَ بَاءَ بِهَا أَحَدُهُمَا When a man calls his brother a disbeliever, it returns to one of them. What is this referring to? This is the referring to the fact that if you do what is known as a takfir, takfir, which is calling somebody a disbeliever, then either you're correct, that person is a disbeliever, or it is the case, what? That that person is indeed a believer, and so it's going to return back to you, a'udhu billah, may Allah protect us. This is no small matter to declare somebody a disbeliever who themselves is identifying as a Muslim. Some would call it to excommunicate, some would say to anathemize, there's different terms for it based on the Western world, but we're going to deal with the, stick with the word takfir. Takfir meaning to call someone a disbeliever. Why is this so dangerous? There are many, many different hadith that talk about how dangerous this is. I want to focus on one in which the Prophet says what? كَانَ رَجُلَانِ فِي بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ مُتَآخِيَيْنِ There were two group, two men from Bani Israel that were like brothers. They were like living together. Okay? And what happened? فَكَانَ أَحَدُهُمَا يُذْنِبُ وَالْآخَرُ مُجْتَهِدٌ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ That one of them was sinning often, and the other one was working hard to be a good, righteous worshiper of Allah. فَكَانَ لَا يَزَالُ الْمُجْتَهِدُ يَرَى الْآخَرَ عَلَى الذَّنْبِ فَيَقُولْ أَقْصِرُ Every time the righteous one would see the other guy sinning, he would say, stop it, cut it out. He would try to advise him. فَوَجَدَهُ يَوْمًا عَلَى ذَنْبٍ فَقَالَ لَهُ أَقْصِرُ So one day he sees him again doing a sin, he tells him, cut it out, stop. فَقَالَ خَلِّنِي وَرَبِّي He says, leave me alone to my Lord. Have you been sent as a guardian, a watcher over me? فَقَالَ وَاللَّهِ لَا يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكَ أَوْ لَا يُدَخِلُكَ اللَّهُ الْجَنَّةِ So then the guy, now his ego got involved. See, before he was doing the right thing. He's calling him saying, listen, stop sinning, stop sinning. He's doing the right thing, giving him da'wah. Then the ego flares up. And he says, you know what? I swear by Allah that you will never be forgiven. And you will not be entered into paradise. Oh, now he's gone a little too far. فَقُبِذَ أَرْوَاحُهُمَا So both of them, their souls are taken. فَاجْتَمَعَا عِنْدَ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ And they get gathered together back again in front of the Lord of the worlds. فَقَالَ لِهَاذَا الْمُجْتَهِدِ So Allah says to the hard-working righteous one, He says to him what? أَكُنْتَ بِي عَالِمًا You know about me? You know what's going on in terms of my judgment? Oh, كُنْتَ عَلَى مَا فِي يَدِي قَادِرًا Do you have power over what's in my hand? Are you in a position to judge who's going to heaven and hell? وَقَالَ لِلْمُذْنِبِ He says to the sinner, اِذْهَبْ so he tells the sinner, go, enter paradise by my mercy. Not because you were so righteous, you deserved it, but through my mercy. And he tells the other one, he says to the righteous one, the, the practicing guy, the guy who was working so hard, take him to the fire. So the group of people that are most known for takfir or calling somebody a disbeliever are the khawarij. And the khawarij would make takfir of sinners. They would see somebody who's doing a great sin, and they would say, this person must be a disbeliever. Allah said, commanded, don't do this, and they're doing it. Therefore, they must be disbelievers. And in this hadith, we're learning something very, very important. We're learning that the righteous man was right to give da'wah. He was in the right to give da'wah and to call to Islam. But his righteousness, slowly but surely, eventually turned into arrogance. And then, when his ego got involved, because the guy said, leave me alone, that bothered him, then he started to what? Confuse his own anger with Allah's anger. He said, that offended me, so Allah is offended. Whoa, take it easy. You may be impatient, you may get frustrated, but you, don't, you, don't have, you can't dictate what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is going to judge. Now the sinner, he may have been slow to improve. Maybe he was, you know, a slow learner. And maybe he was a bit rude when he said, hey, leave me alone, right? Maybe that wasn't the most polite thing to say, Allah alam. However, 
it seems to be the case that he was still working on himself. He was still in the process of improvement. And so therefore, it was completely unmerited to declare him to be a disbeliever. The Khawarij, they say that, oh, if you're doing cer certain sins, major sins, therefore you're a disbeliever. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed us that we're going to make mistakes and then repent. In fact, the Prophet says, That the Prophet says, I swear by the one, by Allah, in whose life, my, uh, in, in whose hands my life is. He's swearing by Allah. If you were not to commit sin, Allah would take you out of existence and he would replace you by people who sin and then seek Allah's forgiveness so he would forgive them. In other words, Allah has lots of angels. He doesn't need more angels. We human beings, we're on a different track. We have a different mission, purpose. Yes, we make lots of mistakes, but we also have the ability to repent. So this idea that you are a disbeliever if you sin, this is completely false. Now, some people may say, look, I won't make takfir. I will not declare somebody a kafir, a disbeliever to a Muslim if based on his sinning. However, if he holds certain false beliefs, if he is wrong about his aqidah in some way, therefore I'm going to make takfir of him. Is this acceptable? Well, I'll let you decide. Let's listen to the next hadith, inshallah ta'ala. The Prophet tells us something very, very interesting. Authentic hadith in Sahih Bukhari. Kana rajulun yusrifu ala nafsihi. There was a man who used to sin a lot. When death came to him, he said to his children, He said, I want you to burn me and crush me up and then scatter me in the, in the wind. He said, because I swear by Allah, if Allah Ta'ala gets a hold of me, he's going to punish me like he's punished nobody else before me. It's going to be the worst thing. You, you, you have no idea how bad I am. This guy's guilt was just overbearing, was, was crushing. So when he died, that was what was done to him. So Allah Ta'ala commanded the earth. Gather together whatever you have of this man. So Allah commands the earth and the earth puts this guy right back together. So the earth did it. فَإِذَا هُوَ قَائِمٌ There he is standing in front of Allah. فَقَالَ مَا حَمْلَكَ عَلَى مَا صَنَعْتَ So Allah asks him, what made you do what you did? Why did you do this? Telling your kids, burn me up and throw me around and scatter me. He says, قَالَ يَا رَبِّي خَشْيَتُكَ My Lord, fear of you. That's it. I was just so afraid. So he says what? فَغَفَرَ لَهُ So Allah forgave him. It's a very, very important hadith. Why? Obviously, everybody here knows that nobody escapes resurrection, this idea. I think I'm gonna you know, slip through the cracks and try to get away from Allah's judgment. You know this is wrong. Thinking that you can escape Allah's judgment is disbelief. That's a statement of kufr. Oh, I think I'm gonna get away. That's, that's disbelief. You're clearly not believing in Islam. Yet this man was forgiven. So if we were with him before his death, what are we responsible to do? Clearly, we'd be responsible to explain the principle. Explain to him the principle and tell him what? Thinking that you can escape resurrection is kufr. Thinking that you could get away from Allah Ta'ala's judgment is a statement of disbelief. That's not true. It's wrong. However, we are also responsible to refrain from personally judging him by calling him a disbeliever, by telling him you're a kafir. Why? Because obviously Allah forgave him. And obviously because what? We are not the ones who decide, oh, this one goes to heaven, this one goes to hell. I'm going to put you here, I'm going to put you there. That's not our job. We are not the ones who can go deep into somebody's heart and figure out what they are saying and what, they, what their motives are and what their beliefs are. Furthermore, we don't know if the man was confused, if the person is crazy, if he's off his medication, or in this case, if he's speaking out of pure extreme emotion. 
This guy was speaking out of what? Pure fear. That's what he clarified. Allah said, why? Why did you say this? Why did you do this? What, what were you motivated by? And he says, just pure fear. It was an irrational statement, concept, whatever. It was irrational, but it was fear that was driving me. And so because of that, he was forgiven. So do we know those details of what's going on in a person's head and heart and so forth? No, you don't. So you have this responsibility of clarifying the truth, but not condemning people. Because Allah is the one who is the judge. There's a very beautiful quote that says what? Be callers, not judges. Call to the truth, but you don't have to make the final verdict of people. That's, leave that to Allah Ta'ala, but call people to the truth. This is the important balance. One extreme is what? Takfir, hyper, being hyper-judgmental. And saying, you don't fit into Islam, and so I'm going to condemn people and cast them out of the fold of Islam. This is one extreme. However, there is, which we've just talked about, there is a other extreme. On the other extreme, you have what? Hyper-accepting. Accepting of everything. Everybody's right in their own way. That is your version of Islam, brother. If you say something that's completely wrong about Islam, I guess that's your version and I'm not here to judge. This is the other extreme. And the verb for it is what? And this means to delay, to postpone. The murji'ah were a group that were known for this concept. What did they say? This was a group of people who would always delay or refrain or avoid from calling something kufr, even if it was clearly, obviously, a act or a statement of disbelief. They'd say what? No, we're just going to withhold judgment, no matter how clear the situation was. This is the opposite extreme. It is, you could say, the opposite of this takfiri ideology. The, the murji'ah could be seen as, you could say, moral relativists, saying what? So long as somebody claims Islam for themselves, as long as they call themselves a Muslim, then nothing they do or nothing they say is going to change that. Why? Because that's between them and Allah. As long as their Islam, is, they say, is in their heart, then I will leave that alone and never, sim, never make a single statement about that. They delay actions from affecting iman. So what do we need to do to clarify? We need to clarify the fact that iman has a definition. And it's not just what? Oh, it's something in my heart and that's it. Rather, al-imanu iqrarun bil-lisan wa'atiqadun bil-qalb wa'amalun bil-jawarih. That iman is what? Is an affirmation by the tongue. Yes, you have to speak your iman. But in addition to that, it is firm belief in the heart but in addition to that, it is confirmation, or you could say actions upon the limbs. It's a full package. It's what you say, it's what you believe, and it's what you do. Iman has to be the full package. So we have to know that there are certain actions that cancel your Islam, despite the fact that you're declaring, I'm a Muslim. They are called what? Nawaqidul Islam, the nullifiers of one's faith. And as Muslims, we need to know this stuff. It is important to know what are the nullifiers of your faith. Even if you're declaring to the world, oh, I, I believe I'm a Muslim, but at the same time, I'm doing things that cancel that. The most obvious, I think everybody would understand, I'm going to give six different examples, inshallah ta'ala. The most obvious is what? Somebody says, I'm a Muslim. I come to Jummah, I pray my prayers. In my house, though, I have a little idol. I worship it, you know. I have a little idol. I just pray to it. I ask it for things, and, you know, I hope it's going to give me my answers. But I'm a Muslim. Is that person a Muslim or not? Well, it's our responsibility to tell that individual that is an act of kufr. What you are talking about is kufr. If the guy says, are you calling me a disbeliever? You can simply say, I don't know what you are. You seem to be confused. I don't have to give a verdict. I, you, you can't force me to tell you whether you are this or that or the other. I don't have to speak. I can simply refrain. But it is my job to defend Islam. Do I have to judge you particularly? No. But do I have the responsibility to clarify Islam to you and to everybody else? Absolutely. So, worshipping an idol is an act of kufr. As for your personal stance, Allah, that's between you and your Lord. 
But in terms of that act, clearly kufr, and I'm telling you, you need to stop. Why? Because Allah says, Indeed, whoever associates others with Allah, Allah has forbidden for him paradise, and his refuge is the fire. So yes, I don't necessarily have to judge. I will leave that to senior scholars if they want to sit with you and talk with you and make sure that you're sane, make sure that you're not losing your mind, you're having a stroke, you're having some sort of a schizophrenic episode. They really have to sit with you and talk with you, explain to you all the evidences, and then maybe the senior scholars. If they want to, then it's up to them to declare that, no, this person is indeed a disbeliever. But as for me and you and lay people, we can simply say what? We simply say, look, you clearly made a statement of kufr, and so I warn you to get away from that. As for judging, I'm not interested in judging your status. You call yourself a Muslim, good for you. You're doing this, terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to judge. But uh, I'm not going to judge your status with Allah. But I will tell you, this is an act of kufr. I hope that's clear. So we have to walk this fine line between what? At-takfir and al-irja. These are the two extremes that you want to walk between. I'll give a second example. We have to make this really clear, because this is a really big issue of our time. A second example is what? Somebody says, I'm Muslim, but I don't believe in, let's say, the angels. I'm Muslim, but I don't believe in jinn, let's say. I'm Muslim, but I don't believe in judgment day. Or they say, I'm Muslim and I believe in all the prophets except one. This whole Yunus alayhi salam, I'm not down with that. <laughs> or Shu'ayb alayhi salam, or whatever. Right? I accept Musa but not Harun for some weird reason. Whatever the case is. Even if the person says, I accept every ayah of the Qur'an except for one ayah. Is that person a Muslim? So, what you would say to that person is, what you're saying is kufr. Are you calling me a kafir? I don't know what you are. You're confused. I don't know. But what you're saying is definitely kufr. Why? Because Allah says, do you believe in part of the book and disbelieve in another part? Then Allah says, Then what is the recompense for those who do that amongst you except disgrace in this worldly life? And on the day of resurrection, they will be sent back to the worst of punishments. So clearly, not because I say so, but because Allah says, you can't take part and leave part. You can't say, accept all the Qur'an except one ayah. Sorry, man, that's an act, that's a statement of kufr. But I declared my Islam. Are you saying otherwise? Look, you can say whatever you want. I'm simply defending the deen. I don't have to judge you. I hope this distinction is clear. You're falling in between what? Takfir and irja. And so this is like the statement of Ali ibn Talib, who said, he said, whoever rejects one letter of the Qur'an has rejected it entirely. So those are two examples. Inshallah, we'll continue with a few more in the second khutbah. These are some obvious examples. Let's get to certain nawaqidul Islam, nullifiers of Islam that maybe are less obvious. For instance, Somebody says, I'm a Muslim, I believe in Islam, but I hate some of Allah's rules. What is that? Can you say that? No. That's a statement of kufr, actually. You have to clarify this. Say, look, man, you can't say, oh, that's my version of Islam, that's just how I feel. This is a statement of kufr. Why? Because I say so? No. Because Allah says, Those who disbelieve for them is misery, and he will waste their deeds. That is because... They hate what Allah has revealed. To have hatred for what Allah has revealed, while still affirming Allah is the Lord, while still knowing fully well that Allah is the only one to be worshipped, is to be very similar to who? Shaytan. Obviously, Shaytan knows Allah Ta'ala. Shaytan doesn't do shirk. He doesn't like worship an idol. He's not foolish enough to do something like that. Shaytan only made dua to Allah. You know, give me time till day of judgment. Give me a long life so I can keep sending them astray. He only worshipped Allah. He knows who Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is. But what was his kufr? 
His kufr was hatred of Allah's rules. Bow down to Adam. I hate that rule. And that is a form of kufr. So if somebody says, yes, so no, I pray, but I really, I just, I hate it. I hate this Ramadan. I hate this salah. I hate, I hate this deen. I practice it because I have to because I know Allah is the Lord, but I, I don't like it. Then you could say this is a statement of kufr based on the ayat in Surah Muhammad. A fourth example is what? Somebody who says what? I'm Muslim, but I'm helping the disbelievers against the ummah. Yes, if there is, let's say, I don't know, one city of Muslim righteous believers. And then up on the hill, there's a whole army of guys that are running down the hill, and they're going to wipe them all out. And some guy says, you know what, I'm going to go join their army. I'm going to go join the disbelieving army. I'm going to grab their swords, and I'm going to come attack you guys. And you say, uh, you can't do that. He's like, no, no, don't worry. I still have iman in my heart. I'm still, a, I'm, still a, I'm still a believer. I'm still a Muslim. But I'm going to do treason. And I'm going to fight and destroy all of you with those guys. What does Allah Ta'ala tell us about this? Allah says, وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ Anybody who has this wilaya, anybody who has this, uh, you could say, uh, allyship with them, then he is from amongst them. The moment that you trade sides and do this treasonous thing and say, no, no, don't worry, my iman is in my heart, but my actions are joining the disbelievers and wiping out the Muslims. I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. So that is to do an act of kufr. You have to clarify that and tell them this is disbelief. This is joining their ranks. A fifth example is what? Is to say, and this is very dangerous, I think this is, could be quite common, I hope it's not, but to say, I'm Muslim, but I make jokes about the deen of Islam. Sometimes you hear somebody making a joke about all these long beards and I don't know, these hijabs and haha, they look so funny, they're all going up and down in prayer, da da. They're making fun of what? The actual sha'air, the actual symbols of Islam. If you mock a Muslim, that's bad, but you're just making a joke about an individual. But if you mock the certain concepts, certain practices, ideas, rules in Islam, and say that they are wrong, they're ridiculous, if you make these jokes, this is not just a sin, this is actually a statement of disbelief. Why? Not because I say so, rather, Allah says that. In an incident in which the munafiqeen, the hypocrites, were mocking aspects of Islam, Allah Ta'ala sent ayat and said, And if you were to ask them about these jokes that they were making, they will surely say, we were only conversing and playing. It was just, we were just making jokes. It wasn't sincere. We were just making a joke. So Allah says, قُلْ Say this to them. Very, very strong ayat. Allah says, say, is it Allah and his verses and his messenger that you were mocking? Make no excuse. You have disbelieved after you believed. Allah is confirming you had faith, but you did it an act of kufr and disbelief by mocking this deen. You can't say, oh, that was my version or I, I you know, no, this is an act of kufr to mock the deen. And the final point that I want to mention, inshallah ta'ala, is about what? Saying something like, I'm Muslim. But if I was in charge, I would rule by other than the sharia of Allah. I actually was in a conversation where somebody said this. Imagine a Muslim who's been practicing Islam his whole life. We were all talking about, you know, if I was in charge, I'd do this. If I was in charge. One guy said, if I was the ruler of a big country, and by the way, he wasn't mentioning like with coercion from different political, you know, let's say surrounding armies or whatever, because that, that you could have a, you could question that in terms of, oh, there's pressure. Okay, fine. No pressure. You're just in charge. You can do whatever you want. He said, if I was in charge and I could do whatever I want, I think I'd try communism. I think I'd go for communism. He said that. I said, what? He goes, yeah. You know, it seems like a nice thing, distribution of wealth and all that. It seems like a good idea. I was like, I hope you understand that that's a statement of kufr. He was like, what? <laughs> he was shocked. He was like, what? I was like, look, I'm not calling you a kafir. I'm not, going, I'm not going to one extreme of what? Of 
of takfir, saying you are a disbeliever, but I also won't stay quiet and say, oh, I guess that's your version of Islam, al-irja. I won't do that either. I have to let him know. I say, logically speaking, if you say that Allah revealed the sharia, and then Karl Marx comes up with, I don't know, communism, and you're weighing the two, and you think that the man-made version, which is not compatible with Islam, the man-made version is better than Islam, then clearly you're disbelieving in Islam. That's just logically speaking. But if that's not good enough for you, then Allah Ta'ala made it explicitly clear when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa tells us, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْكَافِرُونَ Allah says, and whoever does not judge by what Allah has revealed, then it is those who are the disbelievers. Allah says it very clearly. If you, under no obligation, no, no coercion, just you are free to judge however you want, and you decide, I'm going to judge with other than the rules of Allah, clearly you think what? That you have a better version, a better system, and this is an action of disbelief. So these are a number of issues, and this, these issues need to be studied a lot more. I don't want to, this is not comprehensive. I just want to introduce this idea of both takfir and irja to understand that the Muslim is in between these two extremes. And one of the reasons that we really need to talk about this is because a lot of young brothers and sisters are going to be graduating from high school and going on to college. And when they go to college, they will deal with MSAs, right? They will deal with the culture of the MSA. And unfortunately, there is always going to be certain weak Muslims that just adopt whatever is popular at the time. Back in the day, it was Christianity. It seems that that's somewhat dying. And now it seems that the new religion of the day is LGBTQ. And you will definitely find in multiple MSAs, you will find people that will say, well, I'm a Muslim, but I think this is halal. I'm a Muslim, but I'm practicing in this LGBTQ, and I have a, you know, I identify as this or whatever. And I think this is all perfectly fine within Islam. Plus, Pride Month is coming up pretty soon, so we need to prepare these youth Muslims to understand that, listen, what do you do if you are new to this MSA? And you got a number of groups. You got the gay Muslims saying, we are proud of our let's say homosexual behavior, right? Saying it's perfectly halal, that's one group. Then you have the next group who are saying what? Look, I don't agree with them, but that's their version of Islam. And who, who are we to judge? We can't tell them that they're wrong because that's their version. I don't do that, I don't practice it. But you know, we can't be so judgmental to tell them that they're wrong, that's just their version. So you're gonna find both groups. Those who are practicing and those who are affirming while saying, listen, I'm with you, I wouldn't do that stuff. But you know, who are we to judge? And then on the other side, you'll see this seething, angry guy who's boiling and saying, you're all disbelievers and you're all going to hell, right? So he's gonna be very angry, just... So you're gonna, you're gonna be between these two groups, or excuse me, three groups. And you're gonna be watching this horrible mess of a situation. I'm sorry to say, I know you wish college life would be easier, but this is most likely what you're gonna encounter. So, what do you have to do? Your job, inshallah ta'ala, is to say what? is to say, look, homosexual behavior, as we very well know, is haram. Why? Because I say so? No, because the Qur'an is very clear about the story of Lut Lut makes it very clear that this is haram. Furthermore, it's not just in the Qur'an, but in the Sunnah, it clarifies it very clearly. And if that's not enough for you, ijma', the consensus of all scholars throughout 1400 years of history, there's no uh, questioning here. There's no room for, hey, well, maybe they uh, entirely for 1400 years got it wrong. You might as well throw the whole deen out if that's what you're going to say. If everything is wrong from day one, then okay, then nothing's worth anything. So this is what's known as ma'loom bil darura. This is known by necessity. There's no way of getting around this. And so therefore, you have to say, listen, denying that this is haram is an act of kufr. Sorry to say. Group number one, denying this is an act of kufr. Group number two, denying that this is haram is an act of kufr. Are you calling me a disbeliever? I'm not calling you anything, nor do I have to. 
I don't have to call you anything. I'm letting you know that this is a statement of disbelief, saying that this is acceptable and you know, this is their version of Islam, multiple versions. We don't want to go down the road of every other religion that jumps on whatever is popular every, every week, everything that spreads online, and then they jump on it, and then subhanAllah, they lose all credibility. This is not, no, this deen belongs to Allah. We don't, do, we don't play like that. So my point is to say simply what? You have to tell these first two groups, listen, saying that this is halal is a statement of disbelief. You're denying the ayat, the hadith, and the ijma' of the whole ummah. And as for you, Mr. Takfir guy, who's telling them they're all going to hell because you know for a fact that they're going to be roasting and so forth, just remember, you don't know. You're not the judge. The <laughs> fact of the matter is, you're not, giving, you're not handing out tickets to heaven or hell. That's not your position. So I understand your frustration. I understand you're upset. But let's refrain from both irja and takfir. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who protect us from these two extremes. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who maintain and are firm and confident and strong with our Iman. We do not compromise on our principles. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who have the confidence to speak clearly about what we believe and what we don't believe in. May Allah Ta'ala give us strength not only for ourselves but also for our youth who are very susceptible to peer pressure and the like. Ameen Rabbil Alameen.